station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, movie superheroine, Melissa Kersher. Hello. And movie super sidekick, (laughs) Jenny Young. You know, I think I've used that before, but anyway. That's all right. doesn't doesn't matter. matter. That's Um, a good one. As long as I get to wear a cape and tights, I'm fine. As a sidekick... I believe you can choose whatever you want to wear. I think uh, that's like the only choice you get. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's fabulous. Like, so that's pretty good. So I'll we are here, sparrow. I'm excited to say, we're in uh, Peace Coffee right next door to the Trilon Micro Cinema. We have returned to the Trilon for a live podcast. Yay. Very exciting. And uh, because a hol- the holiday just gone by is Thanksgiving, we are watching planes, trains, and automobiles. Yay. Jenna. As our movie novice, we would like you to tell us what do you know about planes, trains, and automobiles. Okay, my understanding of the movie is that it is a uh, a, a travel scenario gone awry, um, and I know that it has Steve Martin and John Candy, and that there's um, wacky hilarity ensues as they try to make it to a place or are somehow stuck with each other in travel. Um, I know that, or at least I, I, okay, I know that there is a scene in which the phrase, uh, those aren't pillows, <laughs> is uttered. And I, I know this because our, our social consciousness is just such a weird, ridiculous thing. Um, never seen the scene. Uh, I'm, I believe it has something to do with somebody's butt cheeks. That's all <laughs> I know. Um okay. I'm assuming the two of them are in, stuck in a bed together in a hotel for, you know, like, travel reasons, things gone awry, whatever. This is what I know about the movie. Okay. All right. That's not, All right. I mean, if I, you're, I'm going to give you points for Steve Martin and John Candy. Woo. Uh, absolutely accurate. I don't feel there are any spoilers by saying that, that, that this is, um, I don't know, Steve Martin, Steve Martin has so many different, like, career points, yeah. and I feel like yeah. maybe this is the beginning of Steve Martin 2.0. Uh, post jerk. Well, Martin. no, no. I think that started with Roxanne, actually, okay. which was a couple years before oh, this. Are you which, sure? Because I'm uh, now. I'm going to want to go and look this up because I get to where Roxanne was after. Well, you know, and automobiles. I, I seem to remember Roxanne was 1987, and I think this is 1989. All right. Well, we're going to have to. We're going to have but to anyway, take a look. But anyway, that that's just out of the top of my head. Uh, but anyway, yes, this is kind of phase two for Steve Martin. He's kind of out of the wild and wacky guy. Wild and crazy guy. Yeah. Uh, a phase of his life and going into the more serious. Dramatic comedy, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, more mature comedy, less slapsticky. Although there's, you know, a bunch of, Aww, you know, but I love slapstick. Well, and you'll get some. You will okay. get plenty in right. planes, trains, and automobiles. Planes, trains, and automobiles was a movie made by John Hughes, who gave us a lot of the teen films of the mm. early 1980s. Yeah. You know, like uh, Breakfast, Club Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller, Sixteen Candles. Sixteen Candles. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, those all came out of John Hughes and. And he passed away uh, last year. Yeah. Well, or, no, this year, 2014. No, 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 it wasn't. It was actually in 2009. Was it? Oh, it's been. A yeah. Long. So it's been a couple so, years, but right. but still, he passed away very young. He was like fifth, in his fifties. I'll have to take a look. At there was still time for him to make more teen comedies. Yeah, <laughs> but you know the the man, uh, you know, starting in the 90s and up through the day he died was kind of. 
um, removing himself from public life, and he kind of became a little bit of a recluse, and you know didn't have as much of a, a film career uh, after planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. But he was a very prolific writer. He could write a script in like three to five days. Uh, the, the script for planes, trains, and automobiles was written in three days, and it, yeah. Yeah. So, aside from just being a director, he also was so a prolific writer. He is to movie writing as Bill Young is to sketch comedy writing. Yep. Because Bill can write a sketch in under an hour. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Very much so. All right. So, uh, this movie, you know, I I often refer to, like, uh, Roger Ebert's great... Great, great movies, movies articles mm-hmm. and this is another one that he wrote about and the, the thing that always interests me about Ebert is when he doesn't go for the classic movies that everybody thinks are great and you, you would read his article and then one week it'd be like planes trains and automobiles well you know I didn't think of that as a great movie and it's like it really is a very very solidly made film yeah it's very much an actor's film Candy and Candy and, uh, and Steve and Martin Martin are 90% Mm-hmm. of this movie if okay. it does not work without those two right so I'm yeah. sure that when we're uh, the, done watching this film we'll talk a little bit about their their careers and this this movie is tremendously tailored to them specifically yeah as actors nice yeah so yay uh, I'm excited so we are going to go now we're going to go to the Trilon Micro Cinema we're going to watch this movie on the big-ish screen woohoo and uh, hopefully there will be some folks who stick around and join us afterwards uh, we hope you enjoyed our conversation on the sounds and of, of uh, the wonderful, wonderful Peace Coffee, or was it Peace Coffee? It is Peace Coffee. Peace Coffee, uh, who uh, have kindly allowed us to record their sounds in this entry. So we yeah. will see you after the movie. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you. Bye. back we've just finished watching planes trains and automobiles in which there were indeed planes trains and automobiles so all the, modes of transport although <laughs> there was really only one train yeah but in any case mm. uh we, we will accept it so jenna you as our rookie our planes trains and automobiles rookie uh you're pretty good on what the movie was about uh but uh-huh. uh, what did you think of planes trains and automobiles um i really enjoyed it a lot I'm a okay. huge Steve Martin fan, and I haven't seen, like, all of Steve Martin, but, like, Roxanne is, like, near and dear to my heart. Roxanne! Roxanne! <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I love slapstick. I love uh, uh, watching all of the awful things happen. Is just It was beautiful and brilliant and wonderful. And the car on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the way that was built up, too. Like, we knew it was coming. But there were so many other awful, awful things that were happening during that segment that by the time it hit, you knew what it was, and you were like, of course this is the time. It was so, it was beautiful. I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very fun movie. Uh, as we said uh, beforehand, you mentioned Roxanne, and we were a little, we were figuring out the timeline on that. This did, yeah. did, does come out after Roxanne, but they both come out the same year. Yeah, they, they both came out in 1987. And uh, within six months of each other. 
mm-hmm. which which was a very interesting time in Steve Martin's career. <laughs> it is because you know Steve Martin, you know, in this late '80s period, is suddenly becoming a more serious actor than we've been used to seeing. We've seen him in movies like The Jerk. We've seen him doing Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Um, what he's done, uh, we've also seen him in All of Me, which is a, a an actually not as well-known film that Steve Martin did that that is excellent. Yeah, His yeah, performance like, in that is yeah. nearly uncanny. Oh yeah, uh, uh, all of all of me is a really fun movie, and I it kind of took the world by storm when it came out, and now nobody remembers it. You know, it was mm-hmm. Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin and the whole reincarnation thing. Yeah, it was just kind of a brilliant piece of comedy. Yeah, so so there's there's kind of a I yeah. I, I guess a, a major shift. In, in Steve Martin's work at this time, I mean, what he's doing in this film, you know, it's it's a much more serio comic work than than just comedy, mm-hmm. you know, especially as you as you see the relationship of these two characters. And it's an actor's film. It's it's essentially two actors for most of the film's running time. Everybody else in the movie is incidental. Mm-hmm. Yep. To these two characters. And and I and I love that it's these two characters. Supported by the writing of John Hughes, who has a great knack for building three-dimensional characters in these comic settings. So letting these actors build upon this script, which uh, I had mentioned in our intro, took three days to write, which is really remarkable, that it's amazing how these three talents come together to make what became planes, trains, and automobiles. And John Hughes does not do too much after this. Well, um, he, he did do uh, She's Having a Baby and Uncle Buck, and I think there was one more after this. Mm-hmm. But he, his directing career kind of faded away after yeah, during the 90s, and he kind yeah. of became a little bit of a recluse. Mm-hmm. And, and then, as we said, died, died uh, tragically, died young. Yeah, in uh, 2009, at the age of 50, uh, 59 years old. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hughes Hughes came from uh, writing for National Lampoon, actually, mm-hmm. and then uh, moved into writing for movies and TV. But when you I mean, when you watch movies that he did, like Breakfast Club, like uh, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like Sixteen Candles, yeah, there's a maturity to this film that I think is is interesting. It's not not written from a kid's perspective, not a teenager movie. Mm-hmm. You know, these are two grown men. Uh, John Candy, who also tragically died young, right yeah. after Uncle Buck, I he, think. He, di- he died at like 43 years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and then Hughes, and then and then Steve Martin, and there there really is a remarkably good job of, of taking taking John Candy and I I think really understanding what to do with him mm-hmm. as an actor uh, that that I don't think really many people got before or since yeah uh so that that um is what makes the movie really i think very watchable to take you know you take these two characters who both have their annoying quirks you know you kind of you kind of understand a little you know steve martin's taking his frustrations all out on the wrong person right you know the person who's trying to help him you know whereas john candy is kind of the lovable complete dork yes um (laughs) You know, who yeah. everything he touches turns to a, a burning car. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh. but at the same time, uh, there's something so sincere about his character. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. That he is very much honest, and for all his faults, mm-hmm. he really wants to help Steve Martin get home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, and will do just about anything <laughs> up to and including driving a car without a speedom- working speedometer or rear view mirrors. Yeah. Um, so, and of course, uh, you know, we recently watched A Mighty Wind and the cop in the movie. Is Michael McKeon. Michael McKeon. Yes. Who, who was also in that film. So, uh, what other what are things can you tell us about the movie, Melissa O'Queen of? <laughs> um, uh, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was kind of a troubled production. They they had a lot of unexpected issues with filming, particularly in finding snow. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of a, a cliche for filming movies. If you need snow, it's never around when you need it. And this movie was hit hard by that. Uh, like at. Uh, the scenes that were filmed at um, St. Louis Airport, which I was just at, it was really uncanny. Um, they they actually trucked snow in to put it at the airport so they could film there. And there were certain uh, places along the highway where they dressed the highway with snow just huh. so they could film along the highway. Huh. Um, another thing that they wound up having to do is since uh, you know, no company would really want their logo in this movie. They had to custom design airline logos and rental place logos and train logos. They literally had to rent 20 miles of train track and, um, you know, refurbish old train cars and make their own train line for the few scenes that were on the train. Um, the rental company, they had to rent 250 rental cars and set up their own rental car lot just to film that scene and with the huh. logos and the logo on the bus. and Yeah, they, they went through a lot of trouble. Yeah, but the that. only thing that uh, was product placed in this film was Doritos, as far as I saw. Yeah, pretty much. And this is kind of pre-product uh, placement anyway. And tiny bottles of booze. <laughs> well, they didn't show the logos in the bottles yeah, of booze. Yeah, tiny bottles of booze is not a brand name. Yes, it um, is. Yeah. That should be. That, that's the brand I drink. I don't know. <laughs> Tiny bottles of <laughs> So we have a few folks who have joined us here at the uh, Trilon. And once again, I want to say thank you to the Trilon for hosting us. Uh, so I wanted to see if anybody who's stuck around has any com- comments or questions uh, before we just keep talking. But uh, if you do have a comment or question, you- hey, look, right over there. Speak up so we can hear you on the microphone. <laughs> Um, well, I remember like during the burning car scene, you actually got to see how far away they were from Chicago. And I never noticed this before, but it's in Chicago, 102 miles. Like, oh, they're almost there. They're, yeah, they're only 102 yes. miles away. And then they're in the back of the 18-wheeler, and it takes them three hours to get to Chicago. Well, so, it, so uh, they're going the roundabout way. Yeah. It, they, they had to... It, truck route. It was a truck route. It was a truck the, route. The, um, I don't know if that was part of the trouble production you were talking about. <laughs> they probably didn't realize until later that they had well, that in the shot. But I never what, noticed that. Yeah. 102 miles. And, and of course, what the screen. What popped into my mind is Blues Brothers going, we're 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It starts and we're wearing and sunglasses. And glasses, How long does it take them to get back to Chicago? Probably a lot less time. <laughs> I just, Even uh, with all those police cars chasing after them. Oddly enough, I had this troubled vacation that I just got back from before we... <laughs> before <laughs> you I, too, it, huh? It, it's because uh, we were going to go to Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. And, did, uh, you, did you get there? 
Yes. Okay. But, Eventually. but, but <laughs> we had a flight out on a Saturday morning. We got to the airport. It was an 8.50 flight. So we got to the airport about two hours ahead of time. We got to the gate. We found out the flight had been delayed about two hours. And then later we found out it was delayed four hours and then six hours. And then it was canceled. And the next flight that they had going to Washington, D.C. on Frontier Airlines. Don't use Frontier Airlines, by the way. I don't know if I'm going to get sued for that. But still, no, don't weird. use Frontier Airlines. <laughs> anyway, uh, they canceled the flight, and by the time we got to the front of the line of people who were trying to figure out how the hell they were going to get to Washington, D.C., the next flight out was on Tuesday morning. And we figured that if we drove the next two days, we would get there at least a day earlier than they could than they could get us to Washington, D.C. So we got into our car at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, on this particular Saturday, which was two weeks ago, it was snowing. So we drove through a snowstorm. To get to the other uh, other side of Chicago, we drove through Chicago. So see how this is all coming together. How this is all coming together. That we we had to drive okay, okay. through Chicago, and then the next day we drove from Chicago all the way to Washington D.C. It took about I don't know 16 hours that day or something like that. So, I mean, I sympathize for Steve Martin in in this case because. And, and when we got to when we got to Washington D.C., the uh, hotel had rented out our room. So, oh. even though we called them to say we were running late, so wow, wow. And they found us a room, but the next morning our room had flooded <laughs> because the guy in the room above us had flooded his bathtub. I am and not. He, I'm not making this up. And, this happened right before we watched this okay, movie. And, and at what point during the trip did your car start on fire? That's what I want to know. Our, our car didn't start on fire, but we did have kids with us, so I'm I'm relieved about yeah. that. I really that that was a relief. Um, so, me, so meanwhile, I had I had mentioned I was just just at the St. Louis airport. I flew out just before they shut it down because the. Ferguson deliberation was about to go through. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so I almost had that yeah. trip. By the way, but there's for no much darker reasons. Th- there's no sign in in Chicago that I know of that just says Chicago Loop that way. <laughs> it, it, it was the 80s. It was a simpler time. A simpler time. <laughs> All right. Are there any other questions or comments? Uh, or do we need to come up with something else to talk about for a moment? Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. One of the airport scenes, and I can't remember which one. I think it was the it was the one where they got stuck. Uh-huh. Um, the planes weren't going out. Uh, in the background, the sign had like you know delayed, canceled, but the the flight number and then delayed, I think, and uh-huh. then uh, under destination it said nowhere. Ah, yep. nice. I was yep. pleased with that. That yep. tickled. <laughs> yeah, there there's some nice little touches here and there, and of course you know the the cameos of people that often show up in John Hughes movies. You know, I've got Ben Stein. Uh-huh. Boy, oh. do do we have a different perspective on him these days? Bueller. But um, yeah. Uh, but uh, Edie McClurg, um, Edie the, McClurg, the uh, the woman at the yep. rental car desk, you know, I, who basically just gets to experience one of the yeah. finest tirades of profanity included oh, in any in any film outside yeah. of Quentin so Tarantino movie. The, yeah, the, there are eighteen f bombs <laughs> in that scene, and it takes exactly one minute to get through. Wait, them. is wow. that including hers? 
that it, I think that includes hers. Okay. So, <laughs> and that's such a lovely punchline. It really it? is. Was the, the movie wasn't rated R though? Which is, no, I think it was a PG thirteen. So this is eighty seven. <gasps> it's PG thirteen. I didn't yes, think you could yeah. drop that many f bombs in I, a PG thirteen. I think that can drop that. There is almost no profanity outside of that scene. There's like one shit, and that's it. it they, they concentrated all of their efforts. <laughs> Into like, this one let's, let's just sentence. <laughs> let's put I don't it all use, here. It's like John Hughes said. Now I want to use eighteen f bombs in this movie. Yeah, but I want to use them all at once. <laughs> and maybe maybe they all count as one if you use them fast enough. I mean, yeah. you can see that. The, I mean, Steve Martin's got this character. This character is kind of a uh, almost a, you know a Minnesota nice kind of character. Mm-hmm. So when the uh, when the f bombs start, it's like that moment where he just. He can't hold it in any longer, um, and that that that's kind of the beauty of that moment. Even though it's, of course, the worst of all possible moments. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do you want to get a car? or Don't you? Apparently, you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it just it takes all that anger and frustration, and it just comes cascading out mm-hmm. in uh, this beautiful. Uh, and as far yeah, as yeah. characters, like the John Candy character, just, you know, he's he's lovable and he's adorable and blah, 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 blah. Oh, by the way, his wife's been dead for eight years and he's just, you know, kind of glossing over that mm-hmm. and probably hasn't dealt with it. Like, yeah, but I'm I, homeless? What? I mean, like, he, he, although it, it, it's interesting to me to see other characters reacting to John Candy sure. and, and Steve Martin because... Steve Martin is clueless that his attitude is making things harder for him. Sure. Whereas John Candy, other characters show up in the plot and they like, hey, Dell, and you know, people, you know, love this guy. So even though he's he's a screw up, he people like him ultimately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so it, it's yeah, it's incredible it, contrast yeah. between a guy who's not a screw up, yeah, but just doesn't know how to deal with people. Yeah. And this guy who's kind of a kind of a loser mm-hmm. in his own way, but man, he always manages to find a way because he's got this personality that is so engaging. Yeah. To everybody except Steve Martin's character. And then that yeah. that's kind of the fascinating thing is that Martin can't see how engaging this guy is and how yeah. he manages to get things to go his way because he knows how to Go with the flow. How to go, but more than how to go with the flow, how to get people to want to help him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's kind of the, the crux of it, is that, and the, and the crux of that scene where Martin is just dropping those F-bombs is that Martin doesn't know how to get people to want to help him. Right. Right. He knows how to get people to want to have his life get worse. <laughs> <laughs> and and Dell kind of is that character that teaches him that sometimes <laughs> treating people well can pay you dividends. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, a nice. That's a nice character bit there. What else you got for us, Melissa? Um, just the fact that um, it it's also interesting that this movie and further on in uh, Hughes's directing career. It's like he had his phase with the teenage movies, and then suddenly he started doing like this, and then after this was um, 
she's having a baby, which is about a young married couple. Mm-hmm. And with then, Kevin Bacon, who yeah. is also in this film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, taxi cab <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, the race. Yeah, the taxi cab race. Um, uh, <laughs> which references a movie called Quicksilver, if you remember that one. <laughs> ah. Where he's, uh, Kevin Bacon is racing a bike against a car. It's filmed very much like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there. Um, and then after that was Uncle Buck, and I can't remember what the the last movie was, but there were there were this string of more, not sure. adult themed movies, but you know moved out of the teenage years into. Mm-hmm. Also, you know that 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 automatic car seat. Bit? Oh God! That, <laughs> if you've ever so watched fantastic. Pixar, it references it later in uh, Mike's New Car, which is a short. That came yes. out I after that. Monsters Incorporated, and there's this big bit mm-hmm. that they do with an automatic seat, and it really is very clearly taken from this moment in, in Planes. I mean, there's even a moment where you know one of the characters' faces is pressed up against mm-hmm. the windshield. Huh. So. That, that whole nighttime car ride from the, the adjusting the seat to the car catching on fire is just a perfect piece of comedy. It it's really this is. perfect. Rube Goldberg machine of this, then that, then that, and oh, remember this, then that. And it just keeps <laughs> building on itself, and it's all perfectly timed, and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, one of one of the better comedy sequences ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're about ready to wrap it up. Any comments or questions from the audience before we do? It doesn't look like it, so we're going to go okay. to final thoughts. Melissa, we'll start with you. Well, I did ha- save one piece of trivia. Yay! Um, so... We mentioned Kevin Bacon earlier. You know, uh-huh. like, well, during one of the later scenes in that intro sequence, you can actually hear an argument going on between Kevin Bacon's character and the the woman who played his wife in um, She's Having a Baby. We, and it's an argument that they have in that film. So the huh. two films actually tie together at that point. So it's like you're seeing that scene from a different perspective. Oh, wait. What? Yeah. Yeah, so like there's an argument from she's having a baby between Kevin Bacon and the, the I forget which actress played his wife. That argument is playing out in the background of one of the other scenes. I think huh. at the airport. I can't remember where it was. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. What I don't understand is if Kevin Bacon was going to the airport and Steve Martin was going to the airport, why couldn't they share sure. the cab? And this all could have been avoided. I know. Well, maybe not. Just badly. <laughs> oh, but then we wouldn't have this awesome story of... Yeah. Right. Of of learning and gaining a better understanding. Yeah, Steve Martin becoming a better person through misery. Yeah. Yes. Through flaming drugs. <laughs> Jenna, final thoughts. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, so I'm I I am an ex smoker. I haven't had a cigarette in like a month. Yay. But uh, I want a cigarette so bad right now. <laughs> Watching people smoke in hotel rooms and airports <laughs> and who who yeah, and in the bus. Like <laughs> in public places. I, I can't even. What? I don't know. It was the eighties. These oh things happened. Oh my goodness! I, I was amazed. I was like, I can't even. Like, if you tried to light a cigarette in an airport nowadays, I what? Holy! <laughs> <laughs> you'd be terrorists. You'd be tackled by the TSA. Right. <laughs> anyway, so that was that was. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that was, kept distracting me throughout the that, movie. That was, that was notable, oh. shall we say? Notable? Yes. All right. So, 
Uh, my final thoughts are just to say that uh, the next movie we will be reviewing on the, or talking about on this podcast uh, will go up on the 15th of December, which is uh, Mystery of the Wax Museum, yes. which I'm very excited for us to cover. It's a movie that I bet most of our listeners are not familiar with, so that'll be a lot of fun. And then at the Trilon, we will be doing another live recording at the end of December. We'll be watching... It, we'll be watching Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. It'll be on Sunday, December 21st at the 7.15 show. So please, uh, if you'd like to come out and join us for one of our live podcasts, mm-hmm. that will be the next one. But as I said, the one after this one is going to be Mystery of the Wax Museum. So join us for that. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Yay! Thank you. Woo! Bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.